Welcome to Flights of Fantasy, a podcast book club. I am one of your hosts, Christina, and I am joined, as always, by my fellow shadow hunters, Kim and Anna. Hello, ladies. <laughs> Hello. I was going to say oh my, my, God. my two pair of ties, but you can't have more than one pair of ties. So, so you nerdy. Can't have, you can't that have would be tricky. Can't have more I mean, than we one. could like petition the clave enclave or something, but you know. They seem to be pretty um, like sticklers for the rules. I doubt it would pass. Yeah. Only the older generation, though. The younger generation just do whatever the heck they want. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we'd be best friends with the younger generation anyway, so. Okay, so, um, clearly we have Shadowhunters on our mind. So, we are in the Shadowhunter world, Mm -hmm. uh, if you you couldn't tell. And we are going to be talking about Chain of Iron today, Cassandra Clare's new book that is a part of the Shadowhunter universe. Yes. Newest book in the last hour's trilogy and the source of me staying up till one o'clock in the morning last night and having same a mental anxiety attack in bed until around two yep. and then waking totally up totally there with you and yep. texting 100 the two of you literally just what the fuck just happened that was the yep. text like, I literally this morning at i had that entire meme from the office of jim being like what is going on <laughs> yeah, like from the moment like, the moment times. like yeah the last one-fifth of the book I was just the whole time I was like what is going on I know <laughs> literally um, right now what is going on and like everything is going on like everything is happening I but know. I also everything is happening but also what is happening but like, also I didn't understand it was too it was yes. so much but we'll, I, we'll get yeah. into that so we have very uh we have very a lot of well. uh, built up feelings for this so maybe Lots we should just feelings. jump right in let's jump in okay so let's before we jump into chain of iron let's do chain of gold so chain of gold came right before chain of iron in this last hour's trilogy and we are set directly after the infernal devices in the, the shadow hunter world mm-hmm. and then anna do you want to do a a quick chain of gold recap spark notes brief version for us so we're like 100 i'm going to blaze through this okay yes all right so for all of you tuning in this is obviously going to be spoilers for book one oh yes but if Spoiler you alert. haven't read chain of iron yet and you just want a little brief reminder you can always just tune into this part and then come back when you've read chain of iron yeah come listen back to yeah, yeah come back after you read it yeah all right so here we go Cliff Notes version with the primary highlights, give or take. What you need to know that's really important. What you need to know with Anna. (laughs) What you need to know. (laughs) What you need to know with Anna, right. (laughs) All right, here we go. So, Cordelia Carstairs is a shadow hunter. She has just moved to London and is secretly in love with her childhood friend, James Herondale, who is secretly in love with his childhood friend, (laughs) Grace Blackthorne, who has also just moved to town. Mm -hmm. Stay with me. It's confusing. <laughs> Cordelia is also best friends with James' little sister, Lucy Herondale. They mm-hmm. plan on being parabatize. Yep. Also, Lucy and James are Will and Tessa's children from the Infernal Devices. Aww. They, along Aww. with their other best friends, um, whose parents we also know from the Infernal Devices, make up what they call the Merry Thieves. Which, in addition to James, Lucy, and Cordelia, is comprised of Matthew Fairchild, Thomas Lightwood, and Christopher Lightwood. Yeah. All right. So, the beginning. Grace Blackthorne shows up. She's angsty and rude and mysterious and is <laughs> unclear why James loves her. We have no idea. Might have something to do, though, with the freaking cursed bracelet she gave him when they were, like, 14 <laughs> years old. That <laughs> compels him, so whatever. The her mother, t- <laughs> their mother. Oh, the, the bracelet. <laughs> the bracelet, as we call it. Yes. Yes. Her mother, uh, Tatiana, is crazy. Her brother, yeah. Jesse, is dead, but is a ghost. And Lucy if you don't remember, is James's sister and going to be Cordelia's parabatai, can see him because the Herondales can see ghosts. Yep. So there we go. 
<laughs> All right. We found out Belial, who is a prince of hell, is James and Lucy's grandfather. What? And he has a showdown what? with James in the shadow realm because he wants to possess James so that he can walk the earth. So fun. Oh, Cordelia is yeah. a badass, wounds Belial with her sword, Cortana, and saves James. Yay. Yay. All right. At some point, Grace throws a hissy fit. I don't remember when this happens, but at some point she gets mad and she takes the curse bracelet off of James. Yay, we're all so excited. James feels like a fog is lifted. He remembers all these things from his childhood with Cordelia. And he's like, oh my God, I love Cordelia. Not Grace. And we're all like, yay, finally. And they kiss. And we're like, yay. Anyways, Titania. did we know. Keep calling her Titania like this is midsummer. (laughs) I was thinking that too. Tatiana, Grace's mom, is evil and nuts and going to set evil demons loose on the city. Grace puts the bracelet back on James, what the fuck, and compels him to set fire to her family home. Why she does that, it's kind of weird. No idea. I can't remember. And when Titania, why do I keep doing that? It's it's very similar. It's okay. (laughs) And when Tatiana accuses James of arson in front of the enclave, Cordelia stands up, giving him a fake alibi of being with her in her bedroom all night. What? Scandalous. Scandalous. To save her reputation, Cordelia and James agree to pretend to be married for a year, and Grace is not pleased. And that's where we leave off. Things you need to know, Adana. Things you need to know. Okay, so that was the perfect intro. That is where we leave off our our best friend, Mary Thieves. Let's tell our, or try very hard to tell our spoiler-free general thought reviews um, before we jump into Spoiler Town. So let's start with Kim. What is your general broad spoiler-free review? Yes. So overall, I really enjoyed the first 80% of the book. I was so happy to be back with all of these characters that we love and know so well. And I really love that at this point, like, you have so much history and knowledge of not just these characters and their parents and their grandparents and just this whole this whole Shadowhunters world and, like, what these kids' descendants go on to do. I really enjoy that. Um, I do think someone that picked up just this series or maybe even just Infernal Devices in the last hours probably wouldn't get the full effect. Totally. Um but overall, I mean, it's it's unfortunately the the last twenty percent went off the rails a little bit for me, and it does at this point it did kind of taint my overall experience with the book, mm-hmm. just because I did have some pretty big issues, and no one is more disappointed by that than me because I have loved all of these books, even the Mortal Instruments. I overall enjoyed them, yeah. except for some disturbing things, but. <laughs> I will get into that. Um, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I love the characters. I love the world. I love Edwardian London. It is my yes. favorite setting of all of the Shadowhunter books. Um, but was a little bit miffed about the ending. Yeah. 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 I would agree. You want to go next, Anna? I mean, I, I, I don't want to like... I think I think Kim said it all pretty well. I mean, it's just so here's the thing. I, the only big difference is that I am like I wasn't a huge Cassandra Clare fan after the Mortal Instruments because I was actually very irritated with some of the things that she did in that book. And then, as you can recall, I skipped book four and five and I just read book six yes. <laughs> so that I could Which, then read. Yep. Dark mm-hmm. artifices, which was uh, honestly, to, to be fair, our our guidance to you. Our yes. like just, yes. we'll tell you what happens. You go to so six because we just I, wanted you to get to Dark Artifice. Yeah, I mean, I love this. I love this time period. I love anything historical. 
I think she has created a fantastic world. Mm-hmm. Um, her world building skills are just, you know, superb. Like, anyways, we're going to talk about that later. But um, I, I just think she's really repeating a lot of tropes, and it's getting a little bit tiresome, mm-hmm. um, and frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the banter is top notch. The characters are well conceived. That is not the issue. It's just even the even like the overall plot is like is interesting it's just the way that the the way that it's articulated just is very repetitive totally i would agree with that a lot of her series and that is frustrating especially at the end when you're just like okay well we know where this is going and it's frustrating okay fine (laughs) christina um yeah so oh 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 um, okay, so I I overall enjoyed the ride of this book. I mm-hmm. I feel like I read these books for the characters, especially this trilogy mm-hmm. or the, these last hours. Yeah, 100%. I am especially really invested in these characters, and I I ultimately felt happy with and excited and like glad with my time I got with them. I feel like the time I got with the characters was fulfilling to me mm-hmm. throughout the ride. I think because I just read it last night, the emotions of the ending are like kind of surpassing that at the moment. But That's I think that I ultimately I feel really happy I got this time with the characters. I feel like I, I, I feel... She knows how to write the banter. Yeah, the I feel good on so that great. level. It's just difficult for me to like... I overall enjoyed it. I did. I think mm-hmm. she, it, it's clearly, she's doing something right if I finished the book last night and I actively miss these characters like they are people. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I and want that's, that to makes... go hang out with them right now. Yeah, I'm no, like, and that 100%. So that in and of itself, uh, I felt like that was a, an overall positive of the book. I just, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to emotionally struggle with the ending and where it left those characters I love so much. Like I feel mad at Cassandra for putting them in this situation like I feel like totally I love them as people and she's done something shitty to my friends is how I yeah she did I mean it always shows a good author when they can like make you feel something and to be real after reading this many Cassandra Clare books I shouldn't be this surprised I really shouldn't have been this shocked I think I just felt very this is the first time from her I think I have felt almost manipulated yeah by her Mm-hmm. And before, I think I've just been like, oh, that's her. Man, what a cliffhanger. And for some reason, this time it got under my skin that I was like, you sneaky. Like, yeah. I, it felt little, I don't it felt know. Different. Something felt different. Yeah. I, again, overall enjoyed it. I wouldn't have not read it. Like, I wouldn't say, oh, don't read it because of the ending. I think it was oh, a no, great totally. Agree. book. I'm going to read the third one. Exactly. I can't 100%. wait till her. If the third one was out right now, I would pay so much money for, to read the third oh one right my now. God, like, same. The amount of same. money I would pay. Well, the ending is like very, you really don't have a choice. Yeah. yeah. Right. It, which, I wonder if she did that on purpose. Which again, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, again shows a good author. This is all, you know, but it's just, oh, okay. I, I, okay, I don't think we can keep it much longer. Okay. Let's so, get into so it. here we go. From here on out, we are talking about Chain of Iron, and there are going to be spoilers galore. There could possibly be spoilers for her other series. I mean, I just, think there definitely might for. Yeah, a lot of keep in rich, mind yeah. this is the fourth series in this world she's written, and then and then also there are novellas in between. Yeah, if so, you 
have read everything and you've read Chainbond. Or if you don't care about reading the other series, yeah. then Or if you just yeah, want to talk, a, hear about it, buckle up, here we go. Okay. Here we go. Let's do warning, it. Warning, 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 spoilers from here on, and go. 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 Okay. <laughs> what the fuck? That, okay. Let's talk about the positives first. Yes. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So let's so calm our, let's, let's calm. Majority of the book was positive. Okay. Let's agreed, agree. agreed. Oh, I'm like okay. fanning myself. Let's talk about the relationships. <laughs> okay. Because there's a lot of them. Oh, the relationships. They're so good, And you I guys. will say, Cassandra Clare knows how to write relationships. And she doesn't, and I'm not just talking about like a, t- a typical like man-woman love relationship. Like she writes friendships. Oh, I would Beautiful. say unlike a lot of other, Agreed. you know, authors of her genre. Totally, totally. Um, I think she has, she's in a unique position also, though, that she's created for herself because she has these, um, the Parabatai bond, which is unique to the Shadowhunter world, and it's basically um, when you have two best friends, and it can be boy-boy-girl, girl-girl, or boy-girl. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, you just can't be, it's not a love match. It's pretty much the friendship version of Faded Mates. Yes. Like, it's like the friendship Faded Mates. Yes. A hundred percent. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah. That is a great yeah. way to describe it. And. And it's beautiful. Right. And because of that bond, though, she's, it's kind of allowed her to have these, um, I feel like in so many books you see, like, female relationships. Uh, Sarah J. Mass writes fantastic female relationships totally um yes, but you does. rarely see really strong male bonds where they're not afraid to show emotion and talk about their feelings and mm-hmm. show she affection does it so well oh yeah, the affection she does that. the affection the physical and it's not, affection is handled so well and i think it's still men are still currently there's so many men who are like you know you don't you know you don't show how much you care or you know you don't cry you don't it's sad and in this world with this bond that she's created the parapetai bond i don't know just watching like matthew and james and i mean the love yeah it's not romantic but it is so deep and it is so profound and with all of them like the whole group of boys there's there's this scene when thomas is like held in the sanctuary and all the boys are kneeling around him and james is like so upset and scared for Thomas and he like oh yeah I I have it right here oh yeah I can read the quote it says James already kneeling laid his head on Thomas's knee for a moment he could hear Christopher and Thomas breathing sense their worry he felt Thomas's hand rough against his hair Thomas was trying to comfort him James realized though Thomas was the one in trouble these are my brothers he thought all around me I would do anything for them Oh and my God, heart! I could cry. The, the fact that he's not just know. talking of, he's talking about the physicality of it. Like they're they're not afraid to touch each other, to show affection. Yeah, to touch I think each that's what's so. And it's if you see a female friendship do that, yeah, you don't go you you don't think anything of it really because it's talked exactly. about a lot more. And women are just she does it in so this culture well. a little bit more affectionate, I guess, in that way, or it's more accepted, I should say. Yeah. And but when you see that nowadays, when you read it. Honestly, like you kind of go, oh, is there a love interest here? Like, why right. else would they be touching yeah. each other like right. that? And that's just really where our culture is with in regards to male friendships, and it's sad. And I think that is also because Mm-mm. she has instilled it from the beginning of the series. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a, no, she's a really written into in this world. world. Yeah, yes, yes, it's um, totally normal to show affection, which it regardless should be. And of it is sex, in gender. real normal life. Like you know, it's just. She, what Cassandra Clare's always excelled at are these characters. 
Like, yeah. she mm-hmm. excels at writing characters. She is a great world builder as well. But the heart of her stories, and I think what brings the reader back are what the What brings me back. Yeah, are yeah, these the characters. characters. And they're, especially their relationships with each other. And because she has woven these threads so beautifully and geniusly through all of these books, you then, as a reader, get to, you know, pop into... Edwardian London and Los Angeles in 2000 whatever and all these things and because of these relationships and these like overarching family trees and all the details of the world building you automatically no matter where you are feel comfortable you feel like a familiarity you feel like oh I'm in the shadow hunter world with my friends mm-hmm. and it's it's something she like brings you into their relationships and in their like family so well that you it feels comforting to read the books and you feel Mm. like you know the families and the ancestors and people. It's just so well done. Mm -hmm. Agreed. It is. So on the, on relationships, um, I, like adding on to that, um, I also really like how she wrote Anna and Ariadne, Ariadne, Mm -hmm. Ariadne, Ariadne. There we go. I really love how she wrote Anna. I love that relationship. (laughs) Anna and Ariadne's relationship. Or or actually Kamala, Kamala, Kamala. Kamala. Yeah. It's apparently Ariadne's real name because she's apparently adopted, which we just threw that nugget in this, ep- yeah, this, never, this episode, never <laughs> this this that. book. <laughs> we didn't really get as much of them in the we, – we didn't get Anna. Did we get Anna's POV at all in Chain of Gold? No, I don't think we got it. It was talked about, but it wasn't – you didn't you didn't see we them didn't together. We didn't get POV, right? No. Yeah. And yeah. Um, So that was really cool. I mean, in so many of these um, fantasy, you know, paranormal books, it's usually just like a cis – guy girl relationship mm-hmm. yeah and you don't I mean they, they, there might be a gay character involved but you don't usually see it from their point of view she's done that from the beginning in such a beautiful mm-hmm. way that sh- is how it should be in every book I loved them I also loved how casually um they threw out that Matthew is by and we know that Magnus <laughs> is also by because he's like in a relationship with how do you say her name hypoxia 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 Hypoxia. I just kind of love how it's not a big, it's not a big deal. It's not a thing. It, it was almost, it's, it's not a even, bad. yeah, there's, it's not it's a not, big deal. Which it, should, which, like it should, which it shouldn't be. And I don't know if this is, but if, because it, in the mortal instruments, isn't it a big deal? It is a big deal. So is it just not a big deal in their, like in this immediate friend group, but it's a big deal at the Enclave possibly because Anna and Ari struggle with that. They do. Because Ari's like wanted to, wanted to be accepted so well, she broke them, it off with Anna Charles and Alistair also remember because Charles tells him like I want to be the consul oh, yeah. so I can't be in a relationship with you yeah so I so think the that enclave has a yeah I think it's like the their the enclave is you know their their governing factor they I think they have a huge problem with it I think something about these I don't want to call them kids um but these leads uh as opposed to mortal instruments and dark artifice leads are you know these uh matthew christopher thomas james lucy Lucy, james all of them cordelia are still or have just moved out of their parents house and their parents are very accepting and open and all these things percent everyone all of the leads in the other ones are living with no parent no adults they are like in it with the oh that's so interesting you're right in the modern day world they're all orphans pretty much they are the one dealing ones like 
talking to the enclave, talking to the council. Like, they're the ones dealing with the repercussions. But also, Anna's pretty openly, I mean, she wears men's clothes. Oh, yeah. But again, I think that's because her family just doesn't, her family accepts her for who she is. But I'm saying, like, the enclave, like, has, like. They might not care if you're not trying to. Be the consul. Take, yeah, yeah, if you're not trying to be the consul or the inquisitor. Maybe, yeah. Or something. They might not, they just might turn a blind eye. Okay, well, let's talk about our two, our two main, the main relationship in this book. Georgilia? Georgilia. Did you just come up with that? <laughs> no, I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> I was like, there's no way. Uh, Georgilia? Georgilia. It sounds like an STD. Georgilia. Oh, Georgilia. That still sounds like an STD. I don't know. <laughs> Why would it be Georgilia? <laughs> okay. So, uh, sorry, James and Cordelia. Uh, James and Cordelia. Okay, I had Daisy. Daisy. I think that's really cute. Daisy. That he calls I her love Daisy. Daisy. Do we know I why love... he calls her Daisy? Uh, no. Yeah, they explain it in the uh, book one. There's something in Chain of Gold where he's there and he's sick, and there's something there that he calls right, her Daisy. Sorry. I don't know what it is. But okay. okay, so as we all know, I personally don't really love slow burn relationships to begin with. I need I my like yeah. I need my payoff a little quicker. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it you like each other, but like I can't I I feel so you, this Christina. already I was a little antsy from the first book. Yeah. Um which but, I love but like so but that's much. what Cassandra Clare does. It's like we can't. That's how she does with literally she did everything Jason Clare. Dark artifices, don't even get me started. Julian. Don't guys, even get me started. I guys. was dying in that book. I read it after you both. I'm texting you, and I'm like, I'm going to throw this book at the wall. I can't do this anymore. And we were literally like, buckle up. <laughs> the beginning of book two, which book two and book three in Dark Harvests are behemoth of books. They are yes. very large. Mm-hmm. Really great, but very large. And a- Anna texts us, beginning of book two. I was like, I just, I can't do this for a whole other book. I'm like, oh, girlfriend, you've got like oh, a thousand more pages. You've got, you've got two more books to go. <laughs> I, I was so... Um, frustrated but yes so okay I feel that same way and again like I said in my non-spoiler review I don't know why this surprises me with Cassandra Clare I've read all these books whatever like 10 before this I don't know why it surprises me but I find slow burn relationships to be difficult anyway in my antsiness and then not all we get in this book to see these beautiful lovely like sweet moments where they're married and they're in the study and like they play chess and cards and and we get these glimpses of these beautiful moments with them and i'm like okay i have put in my time i have been patient we're getting rewarded my duty i get a payoff (laughs) i get a reward cassandra you owe it to me and then i did well i barely got like a a, a little she bit teased you. She teased you. She teased you. Hold it right away again. And I, it is, I am, I am indignant as a consumer. <laughs> that's a friend's reference. That's a, friend, that's a friend's reference. But I am upset about it. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. 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 It's coming out high and squeaky because really, I'm, I'm fine. fine. <laughs> but I, we're not. But we're not fine. I Jordelia, just... give me Jordelia. No, it's so frustrating. <laughs> it's really ex- it's extra frustrating because you know they love each other and they said it. They have both. I mean, said okay, it are we book. gonna jump into like what we're frustrated well, with? Because I feel like we're no, there. We no, can we can no, wait till the end. No. I'm sorry. I mean, okay, you want to wait? Okay, okay. Uh, we can wait. Well, we can wait. Okay, I mean, yeah. Okay. So I, I mean, I think James. I mean, that freaking bracelet. Oh. Can we just talk, like that whole time he's wearing that bracelet while they're married? And every time he, like, 
uh, it's so clear that he like actually loves Cordelia and that's what's allowing him to kind of battle the bracelet's power in a way and every time he gets close to her and something might happen he gets a freaking headache and he's like oh ouch and he gets like a burn from the bracelet and you're just like it's burning his wrist damn it grace your stupid bracelet what could be happening if we didn't get those insights into his head though where we saw that he was feeling this way and he was battling the feelings with cordelia and all that stuff i would have I don't know if I would have finished the book. Like, oh, if I really thought that you he just no, had I, I, you, you, I mean, you there are so many like, sweet moments. I made it so hard. He was yeah. so sweet. I love him so like much. Like, when he talks about, when he talks about giving, when he gives her the bracelet. I love the that. Bracelet. Oh, sorry, not the bracelet. Sorry. Oh, God, no. Like, when he no gives her the necklace, the necklace. Yes. It is such a no sweet moment. No more jewelry. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, be- <laughs> it's before, um, it's before oh, they it's go so to their first ball together, right? Yes. Which also, I really loved a moment at that ball when she was like, husbands don't dance with their wives at this. And he goes, this husband does. So sweet. like, James. And like the little, the, I just, I just love this like little, this little line he says to her when he gives her the necklace and it's apparently a globe because they talk about. Travel so much and see Travel so much. And he says, and he says, we have talked so much of travel. I wanted to give you the world. And I was like, oh, that's corny, but that's oh, cute. She puts corny stuff in here, and I'm here for it. I love it. I eat it. I up eat it up. But you guys, also the house. Like, him decorating the oh, whole the house, house for her. Every with the Persian prints And, like, oh, every detail every was for detail. her. Also, and he, like, shows her around, and he's all nervous. He's so and she's excited. She's all like it. Also, whenever oh. she was disappointed they weren't sharing a bed, I was like, me too, girl. I'm disappointed for Me you too. that you're not sharing a bed. <laughs> Me too. Uh, We're but, all okay. disappointed. Also, just something about the globe and the travel. Whenever he's having, there's some part where he's having a really hard time and it's, he's the bracelet's hurting him and he's like going in and out, in and out of the shadow world and everyone's around him and he like puts his head down and he closes his eyes and all his friends are there and he just goes, Daisy. And she comes over and he's like, Constantinople. And she just like whispers to him. He's like, okay. And she knows what he needs. And she just talks to him about Constantinople like in his ear because it calms him down hearing her talk about this place and I oh my god also I think my favorite James quote to her there was a lot of really good ones but one of my favorite ones was when at the end when he says you're my constant star Daisy Mm. so freaking sweet you guys I love him so like this y'all I I was so team Will and Infernal Devices. Like I know you were. Jim was girl. a little sweetheart. Oh yeah, I was. But like, too. there was, was no too. competition for me. Like Tessa and Will belong together, and so to see his son just be like, oh, I just love it so much. I just love it. Also, I we got some James. good Will moments. This is the thing that Cece does: is that she plants yeah. all <laughs> these little tiny nuggets that make you love them together, and then the ending happens, and you're just like, great fabulous but that's why i felt my heart has been wrenched from my body thank you okay so one thing i just want to say about will really quick and then and then also just tying into james okay so this is on page 161 and james is just having this lovely beautiful quiet night with cordelia and they're talking in the study by the fire and they're learning things about each other and they're playing chess and then he says James says, he recalled when he was a boy and the whole family had gathered in the drawing room, seeing an expression on his father's face that James always thought of as the quiet look. Will's blue gaze would travel over his wife, tracing every line of her as if he were memorizing her all over again. And then his children and a look of happiness that was sharp and gentle at the same time would come over his face. 
James knew now, though, what his father had been thinking when he got the quiet look. It was the same thought he had in the study at night, watching the light of the fire pass through Cordelia's unbound red hair, listening to her laugh, seeing the graceful movements of her hands in the warm lamplight. How do I live in this moment forever and not let it go? Hmm. Oh, that is such an amazing It's such a nice message. Then, like, oh, I love and then we get to so like, have this little quote. insight into Will being a dad, sitting there with Tessa, looking at her and then looking at his kids. And then we, and then James feeling oh, that guys. way. I just love Will and Tessa so much. I love Me Will. too. Me too. Guys, remember when they leave the ball and they come yeah. upon Will and Tessa and he's like, James is like, they're about to start kissing. Like, trust me, I yeah. know. Or like something like that. Or he says to me like, trust me. <laughs> yeah, they're no, probably it's right, about right to outside. Kissing. Oh my God. And then the demon, the demon shows up and he looks at Tessa like, he's like, Tessa, please, can I go? Tessa, can Tessa, I go get can the I, demon? I? And she's like, go along. She's like, go sure, ahead. go ahead. <laughs> and he like whoops off. So yeah. cute. Yeah. It's I such a cute moment. moment. I love that. I yes. love those little love. snapshots. And that and like really, into like their family dynamic. Like Will and I think Tessa. Will like squeals running into the night after the demon. Like he's so cute. He does. He does. He's like happily squealing. And like they're all just like yeah, sitting there like, oh. like laughing and, and Tessa's just like looking at him like, oh Will. Oh, oh. <laughs> like I another love you guys so much. Um, okay. Really quickly, another James Go ahead. Uh, tied into Will moment. Kind of will. Uh, I I forgot mm-hmm. about the moment where at the wedding, they have they, you have this moment where you realize that Jem is in the courtyard playing violin because he couldn't come in, so he's playing it outside. <gasps> That's right. I forgot. And then he looks at his parents and they're both crying and it's so sweet. Oh my god! That he's like in so the courtyard playing sweet. violin for their son's wedding, but he can't come in. And it's uh. so sweet. Oh, I that know. just touched my heart. And I again, you see yes. Will cry, and you see Will like oh. emote yes. things so openly, and it's so beautiful. It's so and beautiful. like, oh, guys, she just—I love that she does that, and it's so natural and it's so beautiful. Exactly, like it, like should, it should be. be. But just to see that moment where he's just like crying because his, his just his his best friend, his best friends, and the one of the loves of his life. I mean, uh, yes. oh, so sweet. Okay. Anything else about the gray slit that we haven't? Oh, the gray so, slit. The headaches. No, just that like every, like, it, it, like you know, when Grace, uh, no, when Grace, when um, James and Cordelia kiss. Which, which when time? When he's, yes. um, you know, oh. tied to the bed. Also, I was like. Um, <laughs> that, came oh. out, that came out sounding like Honestly, a lot more sexual than I was like, it Whenever they be. tied him up and then but she was like, I want to kiss you, I was like, oh, <laughs> are we going here, Cassandra? We're going there. <laughs> no. So they when they tied when they time James up because they're worried that he's actually being possessed at night and like uh-huh. the serial killer. So they time to the bed to hand, see if though. he gets up. At he, night. He didn't, they didn't tie the And Cordelia's hand. watching just, just him. And, <laughs> yeah, only one hand. Just the one hand. Oh, his two feet though. His still, two feet were tied. Still. And his one hand. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, so um, I know. And so when they kiss, when Cordelia and James kiss that time, um, she afterwards yes. she notices the crack in the bracelet and he thinks mm-hmm. it's because he punched the wall um the earlier wall. that day because of grace yes. the whole thing because of grace but oh no um, i think it was I, the power of their love i think it's 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 a hundred percent well it's a hundred percent because of what happens at the end that like the love that he actually feels yes. for cordelia is true love and it's breaking right. uh, the spell and compel the compulsion okay. spell that's on the bracelet I, yeah. And it cracks it. And then at the, yeah. We didn't even talk about that the whole reason that he has to wear the oh. bracelet is because Grace's enchant or her gift yes. doesn't work on him because he's 
part warlock slash demon. Well, because Tessa's, they say Tessa is a warlock. Wait, is but... he a demon? No, he, she's a warlock, so he's part well, down. I mean, his grandfather is a prince of hell. He's he's not part. His grandfather is yeah, a, pr- that's, a that's demon of hell. Get. Yeah. Oh, because demon yes. because warlocks are an born angel. from a demon from, de- and, from demons and an, and an angel. No, not from demon and an angel, but from demon and like a human. A human. Yeah. <gasps> yes, it's a it's a demon and so a human. So Tessa. Tessa, Tessa is a is warlock. All oh, right, because the warlock. demon blood. Is a yeah. born, uh, born of a human demon. Born of a human and a demon. demon. Belial yeah. is a yeah. demon prince of hell. Okay. Yeah. His so demon the blood. whole reason so, Grace had to put the bracelet on him is because the enchantment or whatever we want to call it, the compulsion yes. doesn't work on him. And it also didn't work on Malcolm Fade right. in this book um, because he's a warlock. Yes. So that was super interesting. I also have a tie-in. So I don't know if y'all know this. And I think I've told you before, but City of Bones or the Mortal Instruments started out as Harry Potter fan fiction. Oh, I and there always was forget lot- about that. Oh my gosh, I forgot. Yes. It started out as Harry Potter fan fiction. She wrote it on yeah. Wattpad, I believe. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. And it started out that way. And she there was a lot of controversy surrounding the Mortal Instruments, specifically, especially the first three books, because I think she had previously published them as Harry Potter fanfic, and she essentially just changed a wow, few things. I totally forgot about this and yes. published it. So there was a lot of controversy, yeah. but um, something interesting that happens in this book that reminds me so much of Harry Potter is in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix when Harry is <gasps> yes. having those visions of what Voldemort is doing. Oh my gosh, um, and he right. becomes the snake and thinks that he yes. is the one that attacks Mr. Weasley. Oh, that totally. re- this whole book reminded me so much of that where James is like there's like a fog, I don't know what's going on, like I can't there, figure out visions. what's happening oh. and I think I'm attacking these people, oh, I'm having these yeah. visions. I don't I mean obviously at this point she's so popular in her own right that I'm not even suggesting that she would need to copy Harry Potter. But I just found that tie-in so interesting because this started out as Harry Potter fan fiction and so much about James's visions. Because he remember, like, he even, Harry, like, felt Voldemort, like, what he was feeling and thinking, like, he would get, like, a surge of excitement. James keeps talking about the hatred he feels. He talks about the hatred. And I found that so interesting. I was like, this is very reminiscent to me of oh absolutely so just a fun little thing i don't know if anybody i'm else always done for harry potter's higher than anything we read yes. ever so um can we talk about matthew let's discuss sweet our little matthew. angel boy sweet matthew, sweet angel boy matthew. okay so his banter his lines in both the of the books are top the best. best and it his, hysterical his, his banter lines are just my favorite this is this is one of my favorite lines he says <laughs> it's alistair alistair says to matthew why are you not even wearing a hat and cover up this hair? Matthew indicated his golden locks with a flourish. Would you blot out the sun? <laughs> oh, do y'all have the quote at the very beginning when he comes to pick up Cordelia and he's like, they're like, where are you going? And he's like, well, they're, oh, they're I have it. Yeah, huddling yeah. down an ice I have it. thing and yeah. on a rickety. Hello, my dear, he said to Cordelia. I've come to bring you to a large hill, which we will both hurtle down on rickety, out-of-control bits of wood. <laughs> and then she goes, yeah, keep going. Sounds keep going. marvelous. What will we do after? Unaccountably, we will climb back to the top of the hill in order to do it again. It is some kind of snow-related mania, they say. 
no related Yo, mania. He's so great. He just has so a really um, interesting arc. Him in this book, it, a very interesting arc in this book, and all the pain that he's going through, and seeing him and James together, like I still, who has the line where um where James says, "I just want you to love yourself as much as I love you." Yeah, and, oh, I know. And then. That line. Well, because he's so self-destructive, yes, you know? Yeah. And then Cordelia says it to Lucy, too, because at some point Lucy's like, I really worry about him. You know, I just feel like he's so sad, and I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cordelia says, like, something like, I don't. I think he just doesn't love himself. And Lucy says, like, what is there not to love? Yeah. So sweet. And, it's, I mean, it's so sad because, he, I mean, he's just so, he hasn't no. told anybody what happened, what the reason why he drinks and well, the he reason told why he's so self-loathing. Well, that's what I mean. He hasn't told anyone until this book. And, I mean, when did that happen? Like, four years ago? It's when mm. they were in school? So, I mean, it's been yeah. a while and he's on a self-destructive path ever since then. And, um... Which... I really hate that, like, just going... This, this ties into Matthew. But the fact that James has the bracelet uh-huh. on... I always thought that it was supposed to, like, make him forget about Cordelia, but apparently it also makes his brain foggy in regards to, like, everything. And because this entire book that I've been reading, this entire time I've been reading these two books, I'm like, James, you're supposed to be his, you know, Matthew's parabatai, and you two normally don't have any issues talking about stuff, but you won't confront him Mm -hmm. on his drinking, and it is so self-destructive, and it is clear that he is Mm -hmm. hurting. He is hurting so much, and nobody says anything to him. Nobody, and I understand that Matthew will change the subject. He is the king of Mm -hmm. deflecting, Right. but at some point... James says something to him. They have a, like a a very intense conversation. Remember when he um he says like what will you find what will you love more than the that bottle in your hand? And they both yes. like freeze because they're like, "Oh, James even says then like, "Oh, it's the thing we aren't supposed to talk about." I'm like, "But why? Why are you not supposed to talk about it? You're his parabatai. Like you guys are like brothers. Like why is no one saying anything to him about his drinking ever? Like it's so frustrating cuz these these group of guys that's, are just that's what so I don't get at all. open with each other and they're so loving. And it, then it's like this blatant thing that everyone is just... It's a big disconnect. Right. It just... Yeah. I don't... They're... Because you... Because she does write them... Like we were just bragging about how much they are yeah. open open with each... How open they are with each other and how much they care about each other. And then you have this one really big thing amongst best friends. Closer than... As close as best friends mm-hmm. can possibly be. And... They won't talk to him, and he's hurting so much. And it's much so obvious, like it's so obvious that he has a drinking. Like he's his hands are shaking. Everyone notices it, and like ev- like Lucy, Cordy, like everybody is just like oh. Everyone. It has to be so triggering too. For I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's like Cordelia. I feel like oh, that would be yeah. after she, you know, with her father. Elias. She, yeah. and- I think that's also like Cordelia shouldn't have to be the one to address this with him. No, it should be James. Yeah. And then he finally it's, says something at also, the end, and he's like, oh, no. And like, what, 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 why? Why no? I do like that at the end, which we will get there, uh, we will get to the whole, everything about this dynamic in a little bit. But I do like that in the conversation that happens at the end with Matthew and Cordelia about going to Paris, that she says to him, yes. point blank, if we go... Will you not drink? We can have like champagne or wine or something, but no like heavy, liquor, no, no heavy drinking. drinking to forget. And he says, "If I'm in Paris with you, I will have nothing to forget." 
you guys. Mm. And I wonder if it's a product of the time period, like the Edwardian time period, that the drinking is, like, I don't know how much, like, if this was, um, if this was Jace or Alec in the Mortal Instruments mm. drinking like this, I don't know Agreed. if it would be, I think Agreed. it would have been addressed a lot That's sooner. A good point, Anna. I agree. But I think the time period where people drank a lot younger and things just were brushed under the rug in England, especially stiff upper lip mm. and all of that. Um, if that's part of I it, think because too, otherwise it doesn't really well, make sense. Well, I think, sense. too, their relationship, and I don't know if it's this ties into it, but it feels like, especially reading this last scene with um, Matthew and the way he's talking about James, I think their relationship itself at the moment is strained. Yeah. And that's because of Grace and because of Cordelia. Like, I think that is maybe leaking into the, like, not feeling comfortable talking sure. about, you know, all of this stuff. Sure. Um, like, he says, Matthew says, uh, and I love him. But I have always loved him and understood him. Now I love him, but do not understand him at all. Yeah. Like, I think they're just at a place where, like, yeah. they don't understand each other because of Grace and because of what Grace is making him do. Sure. Because Matthew is like, how could you do this to Cordelia? What is wrong with yeah. you? I don't understand you at all. Yeah. And then it just, like, yeah. is amplified. That, that's a good point, Christina. Um, they're, just, they're not on the no, same page right now. And, and apparently it's the bracelet's fault, so isn't that convenient? <laughs> Matthew and... The bracelet and him and James not being on the same page because of Grace is a great segue into our Heavenly Fire segment. <laughs> Heavenly Fire segment. Heavenly fire. Okay, yes, listeners. Who would like to explain to the listeners what Heavenly Fire is? Go, Anna. All right. So, but besides what you know in the book, what it is, it's so our own okay. So, Heavenly Fire is first, like we first learn about it in the Mortal Instruments, and um, it's basically like this. Like heavenly fire comes, it, it like destroys or it helps the shadow hunters and it like fixes everything, right. and it's a very convenient little like plot device that she that Cassandra Clare uses in the Mortal Instruments, and then as you read the rest of her series, there are all these little moments where it's what we call heavenly fire because it's just way too convenient and it is a complete like easy way for her to get out of like explaining something difficult. It's like a plot. It's like a plot so. hole. It's a plot hole that she just like sprinkles magic heavenly fire yeah, on. Yes. The biggest and fixes the, the situation. The biggest of heavenly fire. I won't say specifically what happens at the, is at the end of the dark artifices, and that is where we really <laughs> the heavenly fire. Good God! The that heavenly, heavenly fire. fire. The, end of the dark artifices. The heaveliest is fire. The heaveliest heavenly <laughs> fire. Cannot and deal that's kind of where we started book. to coin. We started to coin this phrase like, oh, well, and shocker, heavenly fire, this happens, and now everything is fine, everything is well, and... We use it in all series yeah, that we it's, read it's now. It's not just it's a shadow like hunter thing that we say. Whenever, whenever an author does something that is just that's like so too convenient, convenient. So convenient. Oh my goodness. And guys, oh, this, book was, fire. this book was full of heavenly fire. Full I of I would it. say the whole book, but especially the last 20%. Right. Yes. Was just chock full. Yeah. Oh yeah. From the moment the big battle started. Yeah. Which. Um, we, so let's okay. talk about the okay. gun. Okay. So let's talk about I the gun. I had really mixed feelings on the gun. Although I thought that it was really cool that it only worked for James, which we still don't know why. No. We still have no idea why it only worked for James. I, I don't see. I don't think that's cool. I'm like, why is why is it only work for James and no one's <laughs> no one knows why? Like I thought it was gonna be a cool reveal, like power. I don't know, but I. I thought that was cool, but the actual fact that it's a gun to me was, like, didn't like it. Yeah. I wanted it to be a knife or a sword or a whip. Like, we have, like, 2,000 Shadowhunters not using guns. Like, no one's ever used a gun. And I just feel like it's a cop-out. I don't like it. Like, it feels like you're cheating. Like, you're not fighting. You're just shooting someone. Well, they talk about that in the books. 
the guns don't work because oh right the gunpowder it's something with the gun the gunpowder oh, yeah. doesn't work um so in order to kill a demon you have to have ruins. the ruins yeah. on yeah. the instrument and for some reason guns won't fire with these magical ru- runes on them unless which, you're james unless you're james heavenly apparently fire. heavenly fire and that being said, I just wish it was like a sword or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. like. I, feel... I I didn't. I guess we've overdone all the other weapons. So like, we're, what's a new weapon? Okay, but here's the thing. This is the this is the big thing about the gun, and this is why it's heavenly fire. I I have to pull. I want to have the quote ready. I'm ready. Here we go. Here's the thing about all of the shadow hunter weapons. Okay, they all like they're, they're what are they called? They're seraph blades. Apparently, princes and of hell, as well as Lilith, who is the queen of demons she's She's, the queen of demons yeah like she can't be neither the princess of hell or queen of demons like lilith she can't be killed with these seraph blades Uh, but cortana cordelia's weapon can mortally wound belial but anyways back to the gun so christopher who's our little like nerdy science boy he's been like trying to figure out a way to get guns to work for shadow hunters and he's done, he has this one gun. He's been doing tons of different spell work Runes on it. Off. Nobody can fire the gun because they don't work for shadow hunters. And then James picks it up in the you know in his little chemistry lab, fires it, and it's like, oh holy shit, it works. See for that? James. I do think that's, so that's cool. how this whole thing starts. Yeah. But that's how this whole thing starts. So then in the big battle, Belial has the gun for oh. some reason. Lilith shows up to the party uninvited, and she's like, ho ho ho, guys, guess what? I've been pretending to be everybody in the book. Oh. To confuse you all. So so then... Well, that's next. Belial tosses James the gun so James can fire at Lilith, and it works. It shoots her, and it makes her, like, See, now, dissipate. See, that, to me, the way you said that makes me feel like maybe that's why Belial brought it. But he didn't know that Lilith he didn't was going to be there. He didn't know. No, he didn't know. But he also didn't know the gun would work on Lilith. But Christopher wrote christopher used protection spells which are in the name of three angels and it says quote they are angels of protection in the old text they are angels meant to protect against lilith specifically so christopher managed to make a lilith killing weapon said anna most amazing that's what she says and it's like there's literally i like highlighted it and i like wrote and like wrote heavenly fire i was like well that was convenient why would he possibly pick those what why i don't know it's just it's frustrating i guess it's like when you say it and like you haven't read the scene it might not sound like a big deal but when you're reading this entire battle scene like there's just all this going on and then it's like you want it to end and the way it ends is because he shoots her with a gun that like can only work against Lilith. Yeah. It's just so, it's too convenient. Like it's out. too convenient. Yeah. So the gun thing was really frustrating, but the thing I think that is most frustrating is this whole Lilith, to me, being like five different people in this book. Yeah. Multiple people. Yeah, so like in the final battle, Lilith shows up, and you're like, what the hell? Why is she here? And then she starts changing forms, yeah. and turns out that she was pretending to be Magnus. Also, don't you dare pretend to be Magnus. I feel like that is off limits. I know. She was pretending to be Magnus. She was pretending to be this, like, fae. a fairy who told Cordelia yeah. about Waylon the Smith. About Waylon the then Smith. Then she pretends to be Waylon yeah. the Smith. Cortana wasn't working for Cordelia, so she actually goes... It wasn't working because of Lilith. Because Lilith touched it. <gasps> That's yeah. right. I forgot. So pretty much, Lilith right. ruined the sword, told her how to go fix the sword, was the person there to fix the sword. Um, so then Lilith was obviously really Waylon the Smith, fixed the sword real fast, and then made 
Cordelia swear to be Waylon's fake Waylon's is it pa- paladin yeah. she like looks at Cordelia's like hey do you want to be my paladin like swear fealty to me and anytime you raise your sword oh, it'll be in but my also, name it's so sad it just breaks my heart because it's really because, sad because she's well, so no, excited also because Waylon fake Waylon real Lilith to her is like you are a great warrior you can do this only you can like defeat this evil and like it makes her it breaks my heart because later she's like she wanted she said i wanted so badly to be a hero she wanted it to be she wanted it to be her sad because she is a hero cordelia believe in yourself she is and now she really thinks she doesn't deserve cortana i know she says at the end to alistair she's like you don't understand like i really don't so well, it's gonna get really tricky. That's the hard part. It is. It is really yeah. okay. Yes. So so because she's if being paladin to fake Wayland, real Lilith, that means anytime she raises her sword, Lilith can pretty much control her in battle. Yeah, in battle. So yes. So as long as she doesn't wield Cortana, then it's not a big deal. But if she picks up her sword, then Lilith can control her. Like, that's gonna get really really messy, and we can talk about that in predictions. But poor. Or Cordelia is now like my whole life, my like my my training, my existence. I'm I'm supposed to fight and be a shadow hunter, and now I can't because if I pick up my sword, I am doing Lilith's will. Yeah. Like I am able to be possessed by by Lilith. Yeah. And she even at the end says to James, "I can't be paired with Lucy. How am I supposed yeah. to train with Lucy? I can't pick up my sword. She can't. She's I can't yeah. protect her. I can't." So and she sad. said, "Like I'm not I'm not worthy of being her." Parabatai, and we oh, we can't tell anybody God, about this. Like we can't put off the ceremony because then there's going to be questions from the enclave about. Yes. Well, why are you wanting to delay the ceremony? So she's like, "Well, we have to tell Lucy." I but Lucy's off. Freaking! Oh my God, we haven't even guys, we haven't even got touched on Lucy oh. and Jesse and that whole thing and Grace and oh, we haven't even touched on like grace and her backstory and um we can talk about grace and lucy and jesse okay, all cool. together. let's do that so yeah. okay so grace pretty much i think backstory chapters in this book were helpful in showing us that grace really came to tatiana with no one she had mm-hmm. nothing she had no memory of child. her parents she was bought she was literally bought and sold as a child she was just wanted a family so bad and then at some point it's so freaking sad at some point she is looking at Tatiana, and Tatiana says to her, this is when she's trying to convince her to use her powers on Jesse, which we'll get there, but she says to her pretty much, well, you're not my daughter. We're more business partners. She said, we're, she said you are barely even, a, you're barely even a daughter to me. We are partners or something. Yeah. And it's like, this girl has given her entire life, life to try to please you. She has no one. She doesn't know love. She and doesn't I don't, under, I don't she's never had for the girl. I just, it's hard for me when I love the Mary Thieves and James so much to feel for her enough that I want to justify the behavior. Well, she keeps, because here's the problem, is if she learned from her behavior and realized that, like, time and time again, every time she does this, screws everything up. And she keeps doing the same thing over and over and over again. And at some point, you just start to be like, okay, I understand you had a really shitty upbringing and nobody loved you except your dead brother. Oh, but you know what, though? I know why she keeps doing it. Uh, Tatiana says it in the book. She says, if you don't do what I want, I will move Jesse's body where you'll never be able to find it. Oh, right. Yeah. She, her entire existence has been about Jesse. No one else has cared for her. No one has been nice to her. You know, she, she is, all she has is Jesse. And that's really sad. But I also, it's hard for me to think there, there was an opportunity there 
for her as a character. Granted, it wouldn't have served the plot, but Grace living with Ari, living with, you know, all these people, for her to go to her uncles and be like, Gideon, Gabriel, hey, so mom's crazy. She's holding Jesse's body here. Can you help me out? Like, again, she probably doesn't have the emotional maturity to understand that that's how you handle situations because she's never been in a situation like that where she has someone to talk to. To be fair, she was like a very small child when this started. So like, I don't think she really has the capacity to understand like that she has options other than just like to do what... I never, I mean, I think Cassie Claire like said it in best. She was like, it might not make you like her, but it will at least help you understand her motivations to do what she does. And I, I do agree. So there's a passage I want to read. It's on page 620. If anybody wants to join me, she said, um, you can't blame yourself. The bracelet was forged by a prince of hell. Woven into it was the power to make those who had observed the bracelet and what it could do, forget what they had seen. If you tried to think about it, if your friends or family tried to think about it, they would quickly forget. No matter your behavior, they would accept that you loved me. But you didn't, did you? You loved Cordelia despite everything. Loved her enough to shatter the spell, break the bracelet. I know I have done you an immense wrong, James. But truly, if any mortal in this world has proof of the truth of love, it is you. And he said, I cannot imagine the life you must have had, he said harshly, that would lead you to offer that to me as comfort. And she says, no, you cannot imagine my life. And that line, I really do oh, think, that's like... a perfect passage. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think, like, when she's like, no, you can't imagine it. Like, Tatiana slaps her. Totally. Like, she's, abu- she's literally abusive to her. She's physically, psychologically, emotionally. It, it, yes. She ticks all the boxes. It's truly awful. Living this horrible horror story of a life. And I, it's not that I don't feel bad for her. I really do. I think it's just... You know, the way it's set up in the story. Well, no, you can't help but you can't too. help but dislike her because she's literally the catalyst for so much pain and miscommunication, yeah. which we'll get into. And yeah, you, you can't like her. I mean, I do think at the very end, though, after she says that paragraph, I think she's finally kind of reached her her breaking point after that oh, conversation. She says, yeah. Um, he says, I don't want to look at you. I'm going to summon the silent brothers. Do not think of going anywhere. They will hunt you down. And she says, you needn't worry about that. I have nowhere to go. Oh, um, I think we're going to get a redemption arc, though. I think we're going to get something in the next book. She's going to do something selfless. She's going to like, okay, this is, well, we can get to predictions, but really quickly. I feel like there's going to be a, like, I don't know, to keep Jesse alive. There's going to be like a life for a life situation. And Grace is going to be like, I have no one. Let me give my life for you kind of thing. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Oh, interesting. Like, um, and it's going to be like a redemption arc of like, I have done so much evil. Yeah. Let me do this for you and the Harrendals. Oh, okay, let's touch happening. on um, let's touch on Lucy and Jesse before. Yes, Lucy. Speaking of Lucy, we haven't really talked about Lucy and Jesse. If we, if anybody has anything specific. Okay, so the anchor thing was confusing to me. So basically, Belial just like I don't know. Let's say that he just like kind of marked him, right, as like a baby. With some of his... And it basically made him... Well, it somehow... He did some sort of little spell that, like, basically when he became a full-grown boy, <laughs> um, if he died, that then uh, Belial could possess him instead of James. Right. And his body wouldn't... Because he can possess James wouldn't. because James is related to him because his, you know, because he's his mm-hmm. grandfather and we don't want to possess lucy because we're sexist or like why don't we want to possess lucy apparently you have to be able to walk in the shadow realm and girls can't walk in the shadow realm that's what belial says who knows belial says to them in the battle scene 
that he knew he he doesn't care about Lucy because she can't walk in the shadow realm. So he basically was like, "You're useless to me." Right. Okay. And she was like, yes. "Excuse me." Fuck you. She's Grandpa. all mad about it, like as if she really yeah. wants Belial. Like, <laughs> excuse it's, me, it's fine. I am important too. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Lucy. That's how I felt. I was like, "Why don't you want Lucy? She's important." I know. Okay. I know. <laughs> Anyways, but yes. So Lucy, I I feel very conflicted about this because I really, on one aspect, love Lucy being this. She is a writer. She wants this love story. She wants this adventure herself in Chain of Gold. She says this whole thing about how the biggest thing she wants in life is an adventure. Mm-hmm. She has found this adventure in Jesse. She is totally taking this and making this her. She's literally gone into necromancy. Like, she is going for the adventure. Mm -hmm. But I also want to be like, Lucy, think about this for one second before you run off with Malcolm Fade and a ghost that you have done uh, necromancy with. See, okay, that's one side of my feelings. The other side of my feelings is like, oh, they're so cute. And when they danced in the snow. Oh, that was great. And he told her, if you write a happy ending for us. And he was like, you're my heroine. It's just, I, I love their story. And I love that Lucy's having that romance. Yeah. So I want it for her. And so it's hard for me to want her to kind of be a little more responsible. But I also want this adventure and love for her. Mm-hmm. Very well put. Well, it kind of, I think it goes back, I think it goes back to, like, a lot of our issues with the book is that the secrecy, like, I love, I mean, I I really love the moments between Lucy Mm -hmm. and Jesse and Lucy. It's beautiful. Like, like, you know, Cassandra Keller can have 10 characters in a book and they all have very distinct voices. Yes. And it's really fun to read Lucy's voice because I think you're right. I think in a lot of ways she is a little Mm -hmm. bit younger than the rest of the She reads younger. Or, she reads younger. I don't think that she mentally... She's very observant, but I think she loves, she has this romantic, such a romantic ideal of everything. That's why she reads it. And it's really kind of a, it's a wonderful part of her character, but at the same time, like when it comes to Jessie, she's so fixated and she's working with Grace and trying to figure out a way to resurrect him. Part of the big issue I had was with this, and then it goes into so much of the book, is the secrecy Mm -hmm. behind it. Like, why couldn't she tell Mm -hmm. Cordelia? Why Why wouldn't she tell yeah. Cordelia? Like, it's no secret that the Herondales can see right. I read that no as she didn't want to tell Cordelia because she didn't want to tell Cordelia that she was working so closely with Grace because she didn't want anyone to know she was, like, BFFs with Grace because everyone hates Grace. But then how does Cordelia feel at the end? Oh, totally. It's yeah. like, wait, what? No one, what? Totally. It backfired Lucy's not even telling me what she's doing. Why is she talking to Grace? Yeah, the whole secrecy and miscommunication was one of my biggest issues with this whole book. Like, there's so much that is purposely left unsaid and there's yes. no re- there's no real logical reason for it. Yes, it can be explained in away. every storyline. Every storyline there's a secret left unsaid. Like just speak to each other. Please, please speak to each other. This is a perfect segue into like area yes. of the grievances, yeah. which I feel like we've been doing a little bit of throughout this, but there <laughs> are like okay. a few things we that we really have to touch upon. <laughs> we have some grievances and they need to be discussed. Um they need to be aired. aired. <laughs> Okay, so this is also something I found on the Tumblr. Secrets. Someone posted, which we will repost on our uh, Instagram stories. But it it says every single character in Chain of Iron, every 15 pages. Oh no, I can't tell person X critical and piece of information. Why? Because of this extremely dumb and inane reason. Wow, now I'm super surprised that my keeping this secret made situation Y even worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, just, it's just... It's so true I just, though. That's... 
It's like literally that's the the entire entire book. And it's so frustrating. The first like, okay, have like one of those things. Have one of those things throughout the book that you're like, okay, God, why aren't they telling this? Or okay, they keep trying to tell each other something and it keeps screwing everything up. But when you have every single character trying to keep a secret and not sharing things, it's like, well, yeah, what did you think was going to happen? I also, I think that is partially why the Thomas and Alistair sanctuary scene felt like such like a, this like breath of yes. fresh like oh my gosh we're telling how each other how we feel look at us being emotionally like yes granted it took us a lot of emotional immaturity to get there but we're here and we're telling each other how Agreed. we feel and this is so exciting and then that didn't last long and by the end we we've lost all the progress we've made there but if we're focusing on that one scene it, it felt especially great i think because everyone else is keeping all these secrets mm-hmm. to have two characters tell each yeah. other how they felt. Because normally all of her characters, all of her characters normally start these conversations and then they always get interrupted. How many times has freaking <laughs> James tried to tell Cordelia door. how he feels and then somebody knocks on the door. <laughs> the no, doorbell rings. Somebody walks door. in. Also, F- you pay Effie to answer that door. Like, what are you Where doing? She? You have a maid. You have, you have a, a housekeeper. Let them do Let their them job. The also, Effie's so mean to them. Why she are you really like, is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like her. She's got sass. Don't answer the door. Like, just, oh my God. Okay. So should we just go into the answering the door moment? Because let's just do it. Yeah. Okay. So we're getting, oh my God. we're getting far enough in. We got to just do Okay. It. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So the very end, towards the very end, finally, the bracelet has broken off. Oh, okay? they are there. The fog has been lifted. We are all praising the shadow yeah. under God. Thank like, you. It's Thank happened. Thank you. The big battle scene is over. James and Cordelia are back at their home that they have together. They're sitting in their special place. They're talking. They share this wonderful kiss, and it's sweet. And he says to her, oh, gosh. Okay. She says, but I cannot rely on you so completely. Cannot behave as if this is a real marriage. It is not. We both must remember that. It is, he said roughly. What we have is a real marriage. She looked at him squarely. Can you feel about me as you felt about her, about Grace? He felt a twisting inside him. Anger, revulsion. He thought about the bracelet, the two broken pieces in his pocket. No, he said almost savagely. I do not feel about you at all as I felt about Grace. How I ever felt about Grace. Why would you say it that way? Why just say what you mean and mean what you say? Why would you say it that way? This is like, you just don't, just, just say like, don't be weird. Okay, Don't wait. Don't be vague. Then, like, okay, so then the doorbell rings, okay? That, he said, is almost certainly my father. I had rather expected he might arrive. Okay, so then Cordelia nods. So yeah, he sends Cordelia, goes upstairs. But, he tells but her he to says wait. to her, though, she says, like, okay, you should talk to your dad. And he said, no, I'm going to sit, I, I'm not going to talk to him, Daisy. I'm going to send him away. We must talk, you and I. It's past time for it. I want to talk to you. He kissed her forehead. Wait for me upstairs in your room. There's a great deal I need to explain. It's desperately important. Then just explain it to her, James. Like, <laughs> then just explain then it, just James. just do it, Jane. You just you just spent like 30 seconds telling it, her that you exactly. needed to talk to her. Just tell her. In those 30 seconds, just say, the curse is broken. It was a curse breaklet. It's gone. I don't love Grace. I love you. There. There. Done. Did, what was that? Done. Five seconds. Five seconds. Done. Now I will go answer the door. Will you please wait in your room? Come with no, me. don't wait in the room. Come with me. Stand, stand with me. Stand beside me, wife. Stand beside me while I open the door. Please, come stand here, but but, ne- but next to me. Between me, between me and the door, please. <laughs> and we, 
as a unit, will open the door to our household to see who is there. Because if it's his father, she can be there. Because like, why are we? Yeah, what? Why can't oh. she be present when Will is there? Like, why? God. I don't know. So then he goes to open oh. the door and... I need more wine. Oh, no. Surprise, surprise. It's not his dad. It's I... Grace. And she's crying. So she she jumps. She jumps betwixt his arms. Okay. So she jumps on him like a little, little demon that she is. Okay. So she jumps on him pretty much and says, oh, God. Okay. James, I came as soon as I got the message. What message? What message? He didn't ask. Okay. I had to tell you, darling, she went on. I'm going to end it with Charles. I cannot bear it anymore, James. I will not marry him. There never was anyone for me but you. The next text. Thank God, he said. Really? Thank God? He saw her smile. Now was his chance. He drew back and reached around her to slam the door shut, bolting it. When he turned back to her and caught at her hand, cold and bony in his, she let him take it almost eagerly. Didn't she wonder where Cordelia was, James thought? I'm sorry. Do you not wonder where Cordelia is, James? Because I'm pretty sure she is directly behind you on the stairs listening to this and getting her heart broken. I literally, this part oh, made me... Okay. Thank God, he said again. Thank God and the angel that this farce is finally over. But he means like this farce between us and the bracelet. Cordelia thinks that he means their marriage. Ugh. Just be like, I am so why would you even say thank God? Like, of all the things in your mind, you're so mad at her. And all you why can say Why didn't you just is, say, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Why are you why here, Why are you Grace? here? Or, let's say, for instance, for some stupid reason, you're like, Cordelia, go upstairs. You don't want her to stay there. Don't get it, but fine. Doesn't make any sense, then but fine. you answer and you see Grace. And she says, she flings herself in your arms and said, I'm going to end it with Charles. Your reaction... Logically, let's let me let me take these arms off me. Yeah. Put you down, Whoop. Cordelia, darling. Could you please come down here, Cordelia? Like, please hasten. Hello? Please hasten down to the drawing room. Please hasten from your bed you. chamber. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> also, let's be real. He probably could have just turned around and seen her on the stairs because she's there. She's there. So she's watching. Watching. Yeah. Oh, Cordelia! Um, I'm so glad you're here. I do. Uh, so here's here's where I feel a little manipulated. Now, okay, I. I don't use the term YA in a negative way in any way, shape, or form, but I feel that I am looking at this as a 31-year-old adult. Agreed. And this is why I'm so angry. And this is why I'm Agreed. like, okay, I can put up with a lot of this angst, but this is not angst. This is you manipulating me, Cassandra, and putting these high school emotions into hyperdrive in within a shitty situation. Yep. So, like, I, I feel... Especially because... Angry it's about like, it. It's, it. Yes, it, yes, it's YA, and we don't use that like in a negative term. It's no. just that it's just, and they are they're eighteen years old. The difference There's is a lot of emotions. Is that these eighteen year olds are out there. They grow up so fast because their lifespans are yeah. so short. They go out. They're killing. They're t- destroying demons. They're traveling into like other universes. They have magic. They are warriors. They are not your typical eighteen year old. You would think that the emotional growth would be a little bit higher yes. because of that. Aww. It's not like they're walking outside and Cordelia happened to be around the corner and he didn't know she was around the corner and he says something and she only hears a certain She's word. Right You're there. in your own fucking house. Home. She is upstairs. Waiting for you. And you say thank God. Not even upstairs. She probably made it halfway up those stairs. Halfway up those stairs. Not even, not, not, but, but, but half a page. 
page ago she left She's to go up those stairs. Only three stairs um, up. Okay. So now. So okay. Here we go. So that that ridiculousness happened. Fine. Now, she being halfway up the stairs heard this. She's, She's a logical girl. She was like, "Oh wow, Grace is in his arms." He said, "Thank God." He then takes her into the study and locks the, the door. door. So, therefore, logical Cordelia's like, well... Well, this farce is over. Runs out the door and goes to Matthew. Matthew. Sweet, sweet Matthew. Because Matthew is the only one that knows that she actually is in love with James. Right. And so she goes to Matthew because she feels safe there. She can talk to him about it. And then what happens? This is what pissed me off. Maybe more than anything else. He tells her that he loves her. Which, that in and of itself doesn't anger me. I am very, I, I think Matthew deserves love. He has actually been one, aside from the drinking, he's been the more sane one about their relationship this entire book and has yes, really critiqued agreed. James and said, James, what the fuck are you doing? Stop messing with Cordelia's feelings. And he tells Cordelia that he loves her. And it's just heartbreaking because he really, because Matthew really, he doesn't know, neither Cordelia or Matthew know about the bracelet. So they have no idea that this bracelet was like the reason why James was saying that he loved Grace and that the bracelet is now broken. So they both really do think that, yeah, okay, James and Grace are together and we don't understand it. And Matthew's like, look, you don't have to love me, but let's, you need a break. You need to clear your mind. I need to clear my mind and stop drinking. So let's go clear our minds together in Paris because, hey, Paris is cool. Because why not? And maybe you'll fall in love with me there. Yeah. Because it's Paris. <laughs> yep. And, and I think what made me so angry was this is exactly what happens in the Infernal Devices. The this is exact so, same. Yeah. Will Tessa. It's the exact same thing. Two parapodies in love with the same girl. Yes. And the, the frustrating thing is this, is when we all read The Infertile Devices together, we all agreed that it was the most well-done love triangle that we had ever read and that we don't usually mm-hmm. like love triangles, but this was so well done and so well written that we loved it so much and you could really feel the struggle between Will and Jim and Tessa and everything and she literally copied it. It's exactly it's like so and frustrating. And you're right, Kim. We all read that book, and we were we all hate love triangles. I mean, they're they're just notoriously bad ideas. And yeah, yeah. but that one specific one was so well written. It destroys you in the book. It is it's beautiful, and the friendship between Will and Jen. It's Jem, the only love triangle. It's the ever only liked. love triangle yeah. I've ever liked, and it's oh god, it's done so perfectly. And then to tr- then to like end this book with like trying to like recreate that I'm like no stop you have Mm-mm. something so perfect that you've already done why would you go and do it again now and I think I'm curious what y- y- y'all's opinion on this on this because I don't remember the exact um, place in the book and maybe any listeners if you remember this please let us know but. Isn't there a place in the book where Cordelia specifically says that she does not have romantic feelings for Matthew? Yeah. In her head or to us or to anything? Yeah. Yes. I think there's a place where we get in the canon, we get in the book that she does not have romantic feelings. I'm pretty sure. So that to me feels like this is going to be sad for Matthew, but I don't see Cordelia wavering on that. Like, I actually don't think we're going to get a full love triangle because I don't think Cordelia is going to go for it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. But if, if James carries on the way he's carrying on, we could go an entire three quarters of the book and he doesn't tell Cordelia he actually likes her. He's not going to write her a goddamn letter in, while she's in Paris. And she's no. going to be like, well, I guess James doesn't give a shit. But I mean, and maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she'll, maybe she will go to Paris and actually like they will, they will have, I don't, something will happen there. I don't think so. Um, okay, let's touch on. Yes. Oh, wait, sorry. One, one more really, really quick thing. 
just on the love triangle thing. I also don't know, I don't know if Matthew actually loves Cordelia as much as he loves the unattainable person. Oh, perhaps. Well, yeah, I know he, he, I think he really is self-destructive in that way. Like, I think he doesn't realize he's doing it, but he always, he seeks to love people who will not return his affection or un, or, or are unattainable. Anna said at some point, Matthew prefers a hopeless yeah. love. I would agree with that. Yes. But yes, okay, so. Okay, I think the last really frustrating part we need to discuss, and then we do need to move on to other stuff, is the get on the yes. train. Get on the get train. Get on the train. Okay, yes, yes, okay, okay, yes. So, <sighs> Matthew, oh, okay, so she goes to Matthew. Matthew's like, let's go to Paris. And she's like, what? And he's like, yes, we'll forget in Paris. But like, Paris, let's not blah, wait blah. till tomorrow. So then, let's go right now. Let's go right let's now. Let's go literally because the second. that's, she's like, so, oh, I don't have anything oh to gosh. wear. And he's like, we'll get you stuff. And she's like, okay. I do love that. He's like, don't worry, I've got money. I'll outfit you. So all that happens. And then, oh, God, James. So, stupid, yeah. So stupid James finally boy. ends up, he like, of course, Cordelia's not upstairs anymore after he's done with his conversation with Grace. So then he like tries to run after her and he like ends up at Matthew's house. The neighbor is like, oh, yeah, I just saw him run off with some girl to the train station. They're going to Paris. He's like, he's like, that's my wife. It's very <laughs> awkward. So then he goes to the train station and he sees them getting on the train and he's about to go to them and his dad uh-huh. arrives and his dad is like, wait, <laughs> because, oh, by the way, <laughs> Lucy raised Jesse from the dead and then passed out and she's missing. So anyways, so then, so then Will shows up and he's like, James, we have to go find your sister. She's missing. Her and Jesse's body are missing. Um, and Malcolm Fade are and, missing. You know, Jesse's like, oh no, like, or sorry, James is like, I don't know what to do. Which way do I go? Do I go to my wife or do I go help my sister? You go to your Will wife. Will even tells him. Will says, go tell Cordelia what you have to do. And James goes to go tell Cordelia. And he looks at them on the train and he like imagines them sitting comfortably in their plush train seats and he's like no 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 like i'll let them have this moment of happiness what there's not no one's happy right now james Uh, like cordelia thinks you don't love her and that like you led her on nobody is happy get on the train get on the train get on the train get on the train get on the he he could have yelled all you had to do is say cordelia it's all been a mistake you don't like it's not what you think i love you you go to paris but i will i will meet you in paris i have to find my sister bye Cursed bracelet. I'm going to save Lucy. Literally, so frustrating. Anything. Just like that. Like he could have just like popped his head on the train and just yelled. Like he could have just even screamed, "I love you, Daisy. I don't love Grace." Just those words would have been fine. Something. Anything, Anything. at all. Anything. Anything at all. And instead, he does nothing. I really, I really, she would have been like, "Hey, Dad." I'm trying not to make the same mistake you did. The same Can you just let me go mistake. talk to them? I'll be back in the morning. Tell Lucy she'll understand. Like, she's I passed don't out. get it. She won't even know she that I'm not know. there. She's asleep. She doesn't know because <laughs> she's... Well, oh, it's so... Like, it's, it's a frustrating. It is literally... Nothing happens, everything happens, and it's very confusing. That is exactly. And frustrating. The, the, the final battle scene was so rushed. The, 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 the miscommunication was my biggest frustration, and that kind of encompasses, like, everything we just talked exactly. about. Like, pur- purposeful and willing miscommunication. Yes, All right, yes. I think we should move on to book three predictions. Okay, so yes, okay, quickly book it. three predictions. Um... Okay. Okay. So, yeah, go. obviously, Cordelia and Lilith is going to be a thing with like oh, her whole totally. being a paladin to Lilith, and this is going to like 
it's going to be complicated and she's not going to be able to use Cortana and like I'm sure there's going to be like silent brothers involved and that's going to be sad that's going to be I also I hate to say I don't I don't know how they're going to be parapetized I don't know how we're going to do the parapetized ceremony I don't know how we're going to do that if she can't raise Cortana Maybe that'll be a really dramatic scene. I, I was maybe like, a well, if she's with ceremony, James, maybe it'll be like really. I dramatic. wonder if like you can do it if you're pregnant. Like, what if she says she's pregnant? Oh, like maybe you can't enter the flames if you're pregnant or something. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I interesting. I I feel like I was just trying to think of like a reason that they were that they, like, they would be it. like. I feel like maybe yeah. that'll be an interesting like. Okay, she's like Lucy's like no. It's okay. No, Let's guys, be parasite. And then in the scene, Lilith's gonna come in and like make her like do like a big thing with Cortana no. in the scene. It's going to be that Lucy is, like, recovering from raising Jesse from the dead. Oh. And Will and Tessa are going to go petition the Enclave to, yes. like, that she's sick. Or she's, she has, like, a fever or she has, like, the scarlet yes. fever or whatever you Will what? or whatever or maybe, James had. maybe we're going to spend a lot of book three not being able to find Lucy. Maybe Lucy's, like, gone with Malcolm and Jesse. Maybe. Yeah. yeah maybe. Um, okay. Okay. So, that's um, the okay. so then, you know, I think probably at some point Matthew has to tell James at the very least, and I think he'll probably tell his family. I think that the truth is going to come out. I hope. Oh, about his, yes. Like about Matthew and like the thing that he did when he was a kid and like oh, accidentally he, he poisoning yeah. his mom. Even and Cordelia mom was like, you have to tell your mom. Just tell her. Yeah. Like, I think that'll come like, out. It's going it, to, that's the only way he's going to be able to heal fully. Um, uh-huh. okay. So. Then, like, the whole, like, Jesse thing. Is he going to stay alive? I actually liked mm. your... I liked your theory about Grace. Um. Oh, yes. Like, maybe there's a, like, life for a life maybe situation. She, like, yeah, it life just seems for a life too easy at this point that, like, Jesse's just alive. But Jesse has to survive because, also, that's the only way we can get the Blackthorn kids. Because the Blackthorns... He's the only male Blackthorn. That's true. He's the last surviving He's the only male Blackthorn. He's the last surviving So, heir. I think... That he has to survive. Yeah, that's no, that's 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 a good point. I um, I think Jesse will stay alive, but I like your theory that Grace will sacrifice herself. Yeah, like it's like Jesse. a redemption somehow. I don't know. Okay, so there we go. Oh man, guys, we did it. We did. We it. have another year, only a mere year, until we get to see our friends again. Only a mere year until we're back for Chain of Thorns. I believe is the Chain third of Thorns, of the third which book. I believe the black thorn crest is just like a literal looks like a chain of thorns it yeah. is yes uh, which is Ooh. interesting um i wonder if the cover will be oh, black have something else i wanted to say so the covers so far have been lucy and cordelia so I think the cover has to be grace with like her white silver hair grace it's gonna be like somehow pretty with stuff in her hair you know Ooh. yes thorns. it's gonna be grace yeah i think it's gonna be really pretty oh, be and she's she's a adopted black blackthorn she's not she's a cartwright but she's an adopted right. Blackthorn. Yeah. And 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 Cassie Clare has reposted a lot of fan art about Grace specifically lately. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we want to hear all of your yes. thoughts about Shade of Iron. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Flights of Fantasy Podcast. Yes. We want to hear all of your thoughts. Tell us all your theories, yes. hot takes. We have lots of hot takes, Everything. clearly. Questions, we <laughs> have them too. T- we're ready to chat in the DMs. We want to talk yes. to you about it. Comment, DM us. Yes. And then uh, also our next episode. Oh, I'm so excited about this. Oh my gosh. I'm so yeah, excited. Me too. Me too. Okay, so in honor of Women's History Month, we decided to do a special episode that is going to focus on our, kind of like our favorite female characters um, in books that we've read, uh, female friendships. Um, we're going to talk about a, a lot of different series. Really badass women. Yeah. More on that coming up. So oh my really, gosh. We're really so excited. excited. So be sure to subscribe to us wherever you are yes. listening to podcasts and tune into that next episode. And until then. 
Happy reading. Yeah. <laughs> Happy reading. Listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>